Holy Hour of Power. This is the Terry and Jesse show. This is what I call UFC Catholicism. What does that mean? Ultimate Faithful Catholics. I am your spiritual fitness trainer. And I'm on duty. Terry, what about you, brother? I'm on duty, too, Jess. And, you know, brother, Ash Wednesday is a special day for for fasting, for almsgiving, for all of the above. But I got to tell you, Jesse, here at our chapel, we had you know our morning early 6.30 a.m. Mass, then we had a 9 a.m. Mass, and there were so many people coming in for ashes. I don't know how they get the word, but what, what made me laugh, Jesse, and I think you'd chuckle, I would chuckle, People coming in just saying, hey, I, I need to get the ashes. And, I, and Father, they start calling me a father. I said, no, no, I'm a lay person. I, Wait a minute. Let me tell you what the ashes are signifying. I mean, if, and Jesse, I hate to tell you, I'm, I'm not profiling, but all of them were Hispanic people <laughs> who think that somehow the ashes are magical or something. I don't know. It's always been the case, it seems. But anyhow, we, we, uh, our church is open for adoration for people today and praying and making sacrifices for the sacrileges that are going on, not only in the world, but in the church. Just today, it's Ash Wednesday. Why should we go to confession this Lent? One of the priests who affected you and me was Father Bill Casey, and this guy is a great preacher. Yeah, we're going to talk about we're that We're going to cover that, yep. In one of the segments. And also, Jesse, you've got a friend of I don't know this man, but he's a friend of yours. He's a friend of mine here in L.A., and he's exposing more of the garbage that's in the church to say, come on, let's clean up the church. Kind of like what Bishop Sheen was saying about, you know, let's clean up, uh, you know, to make Father a good priest. Like bishops, priests live out their vocation. So we're going to be covering that. And also, you know, we want to pray for Bishop O'Connell. We've talked about all the good things he has done. But we, we you know, as we do research, nobody's perfect. And as a matter right. of fact, I believe that some of the things we're going to share with him today uh, comes right back to the top. In other words, uh, right back to the vigor of Christ when he's not going to preach orthodoxy. The bishops are going, well, if the Pope doesn't, why can't we? So we're going to talk about that, and we're going to ask you to pray for his repose of his soul. And uh, we got much, much more. And one more thing, Jesse, I'm kind of b- a big mouth today, but I have to say this. I, I mentioned this to you about Pope Francis issuing a new document. We'll probably do a show on that, limiting the power of bishops to allow the oh, Latin Mass wow. in the diocese. And my, my principle was on this, that, golly gee whiz, the church in the, can, in the canon law says that the bishop is the guy who makes that decision, canon 18, about the needs of the local parish. Pope Francis doesn't know what's going on in L.A. or any other diocese other than his representatives. So the church's principle is let the local bishop decide what's best spiritually for the flock. So there are bishops I know who say, look, I know young families are going to the Trinity Mass. That's great. They're, they're being fed. They're, they're living sacramental lives. Look at the statistics of how many people go to a traditional Latin Mass who believe in Hermana Vitae, you know, right. versus those who go to a, a regular Mass. These are the front soldiers that go into Latin Masses, the people who really believe in the faith. So my principle is, and we'll talk about it, is subsidiarity. The church has always said, let the local bishop, and now I'm not in management, Jesse, but I do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a prediction right on the air. Anybody who has a Trinitine Mass at their local parish and their bishop is not going to let you do it, we'll make room at our chapel. I'm saying it publicly. And you know why? I don't really care if someone persecutes me for that because you know what? It's the right thing to do. That's right. And by the way, uh, today, Ash Wednesday, yeah. this, uh, the liturgical use of ashes, it goes all the way back to the Old Testament. So this is like really old school. And, and Jesse, can I just jump in? Are yeah. you aware, Monsignor Harris explained to us that at the second at the second Vatican Council when they were reforming the liturgy they wanted to get rid of Ash Wednesday were you aware of that Jesse yep you were I, I didn't was. know that till today 
I read it from, I think, an Adoramos art, uh, yeah, article. Yeah, they wanted to get rid of it. And they said it had no significance. Now, Jesse, let's educate those people today with what you were, where you were going. Uh, Don't they know it does? I'll just say something real briefly about Ash Wednesday. Yeah. The, the whole theme of 40 days in the Bible is, yeah. is, is a time of transformation where God pur purges and purifies people. And we see this whole 40-day-long transformation mm -hmm. of penance and spiritual examination uh, and, and discipline and yeah. more prayer. We see this, for example, Moses, he stayed on the mountain of God for 40 days. Yep. And, in Exodus twenty four eighteen, I mean, it's all there. You got the the Israelite spies. They went into the promised land. They they went there for forty days to spy. Yep. In Numbers thirteen twenty five, you have Elijah. He traveled forty days before he reached a cave where he where he had his vision. God gave him a vision, and he was also fed by I think it was a, 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 a raven. In First Kings nineteen eight, uh, you have uh, Jonah went to go preach in Nineveh, uh, forty days to repent. Uh, you also have the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 4, verse 2. He spent 40 days in the wilderness praying and fasting. So Lent is basically an imitation of Christ and the prophets. Yeah. It's a time for us to kind of reboot our faith, and it's time for us to realize Thank you. that life is short and eternity is forever, and it's time for us to unite ourselves, to teach ourselves for 40 days, to unite ourselves more closely to the cross of Christ. Well said. And just, just for good to know, File, I'd like the people to at least watch this or read it. President Trump, former President Trump, said World War III has never been closer. Trump denounces the Biden administration for the handling of the Ukraine conflict. It's a great little speech he gave, and it really shows that peace through strength. And right now the world sees America as weakness, and we're going to get, he's going to get us into another world war. Ah, yes, he is. And, and Terry, he, yeah. fell off, he fell down a plane this morning. Uh, uh, this yeah. morning. He yeah. fell down like halfway down. He, he just... This is the second time it happens, Terry. The world is watching this. Oh, weakness. They're, weakness. they're seeing he's projecting weakness. When you can't even walk down the stairs or up the stairs without falling, it's just it's the second time now, Terry. I know. Uh, this does not bode well when you got world leaders looking at him and saying, uh, this is the weakest president intellectually and physically we've ever seen in the United States. Yeah. I would say I always thought that Jimmy... Um, well, God, he's not dead yet. He's, he's, he's in the process of dying. We pray for him. But the point of it, Jimmy Carter was so weak. But I think of uh, this guy right now, and it's even worse. All right. Jess, let's get you know, a couple yeah, more. Couple yeah. yeah, Walgreens backs down from the abortion pill. I'm glad that's, they did. Yeah, that's 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 pushback, baby. Yeah. People are pushing back. Uh, you also have DeSantis. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he lists in, in 2024. <laughs> he's got a list of targeted school officials in Florida. Yeah. That he plans to target, uh, in other words, to defend Florida students and parents against his woke teachers. Yes. So he's going after. He's got a, a list of people that he's going to go after in 2024. That's good news. Uh, this is not that good news. The Vatican reemphasizes their TLM restrictions, like Terry said. Oh, yeah. That things are just going to get a little bit worse. The principle of subsidiarity is going out the window with the yep. Vatican right now. Yep. Also, uh Tens of thousands of priests will soon receive a copy of Cardinal Raymond Burke's instructions right. on when to deny someone Holy Communion. And it gives <laughs> clear, clear canonical teaching, no matter how often a bishop or priest repeats the teaching of the church regarding procured abortion. Uh, if he stands by and does nothing to discipline a Catholic who publicly supports legislation permitting this uh, the gravest of injustices, uh, he cannot receive Holy Communion. Cardinal Raymond Burke's book coming out. It's going to be passed out. Uh, generously to bishops and priests. 20,000 copies, Jesse. Yeah. Wow, that's great yeah. news. Wow, let's get some school food in, Jess. 
Wow. Yeah, soul food for today. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Today's Gospel, Matthew chapter 6 and following, Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. In other words, don't show off. Mm -hmm. Just do do the right thing and don't care if anybody's watching. When you give alms, that means that's generosity there. Do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets to win the praise of others. He's talking about the Pharisees. Amen, I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your almsgiving may be secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door and pray to your father in secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to what so that so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen. I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that they may not appear so that you may not appear to be fasting except to your father who is hidden and your father who sees what is hidden will repay you the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Three things we see there. Almsgiving. We see praying and we see fasting. These are penitential monastic practices that we as Catholics are called to enter in more deeply during a time of Lent. And don't do it to show off. Don't do it and say, look at me, look at me. Do it because God sees uh, everything that you do and it only matters that we find merit with God, Terry. Well said, Jesse. I'm going to bring the smartest guy into the room for a quick comment. Cardinal George passed away years ago. He was a good cardinal in Chicago. And uh, he's up with Bishop Sheen in heaven, and they're talking about this issue of the Senate uh, that's going on, the Senate little process. And I love what Cardinal Francis George said to Bishop Sheen. He says, yes, all are welcome in the church, but on Christ's terms, not their own. Mm. And I thought, well, that's just well, that's well said, because the, the modernists in the church are saying everybody's welcome. Don't worry if they're an active homosexual like the Cardinal down in San Diego said. No, he's wrong. Cardinal George is spot on. Yes, Jesus Christ makes the invitation for everyone, but under his own terms. So the value in saying yes to Jesus Christ is that you have the free will to say no. And you know what, Jess? When people live contrary to the gospel, that's a no. That's saying, I don't want to conform my will to your teachings. I want to have my own pleasure. And I also want to be able to still say I'm a Catholic. Well, guess what, Jesse? They're not. Hmm. Mm. Sorry, that's just how simple it is. Yeah, they're fake Catholics, Terry. Yep, you got it. What's up when we come back, Jeff? Yeah, Terry, the next segment, there's uh, a good lay Catholic out there in your neck of the woods. He rented a truck, (laughs) and he put the crimes that Cardinal Mahoney was involved in. The truck was parked in front of St. Charles Borromeo on Sunday for several hours. We'll talk about that. We'll show the video. Wow. And much, much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Wow, Jesse, keep going. I'm getting so much stuff on the text from people. Hit it, Jess. We are blessed. We are blessed by the best, and we want to tell the rest. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, I want to. We're going to show you a little video. Our our engineer is going to put a video. It's about a minute and a half long. 
Mr. Engineer, can you put the video and I'll make I'll I'll make the commentary as you put the video. Okay. Just let me know when the video is going. It's on. Okay. So there's a young, good lay Catholic, Orthodox, loves the church, and he knows a lot of the inner workings of Cardinal Mahoney's nefarious past. Mm. He was a former arch uh, cardinal for Los Angeles for decades. And he knows, uh, he's well read on the history of Cardinal Mahoney. So what he did on Sunday, he did something, talk about sanctifying the temporal order. He rented that truck that you see, and he wrapped the truck around. He, this, he did this all with his own money, just lay Catholic. He wrapped it around with, uh, with a sign that, several signs that he put around the truck on, on all three sides. It said, Cleanthechurch.com from Mahoney. Another another uh, sign in the truck uh, that said, Carl Mahoney is accused of raping a boy in seminarians. Another sign that said, this pervert is a priest here. Another sign that said, this criminal, expel this criminal now. Stop the cover-ups. Another sign in the truck said, this pedophile priest, that had Mahoney's picture, is here at St. Charles Borromeo, North Hollywood. Another sign on the truck said, Roger Mahoney enabled and covered up the sexual abuse and rape of over 1,200 children by priest and staff. Another sign said, over 800 new child abuse lawsuits, many naming Mahoney as a perpetrator or co-conspirator, close quote. So this guy, he, he rented the truck, I think, from 8 a.m. to 6, uh, uh, to 2 p.m., six hours. It parked there in front of St. Charles Borromeo, so everybody going into Mass, and that's a very busy section of the San Fernando Valley, very busy. So people driving and be, people going to Holy Mass and coming out uh, saw what it said. Hmm. And, and not only that, he parked it right across the street from where Cardinal Mahoney actually lives. So Cardinal Mahoney saw this thing right out there for six hours. Yep. Th- this is what the job of a lay person is, 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 Terry. As Fulton Sheen said, we are called to teach our bishops how to be bishops, teach our priests how to be a priest. And uh, God bless uh, this uh, young man. Kudos to him. For putting the spotlight on Cardinal Mahoney, he's gone. He's got away with it for far too long, Terry. I agree, and I will say this: that uh, uh, many of these people in our church, you know, we took Cardinal McCarrick out of out of the services because of he got exposed. But there are many others who are doing you know bad things in the church, just like McCarrick, just like McCarrick, and, and they haven't been. They're caught. still out there, yeah. and unfortunately, they're protected by powers above. So. We need to expose them with the truth of the gospel and love them with that because that actually could be the salvation for Cardinal Mahoney if he saw that and said, you know what? I need to repent. I need to repent. He gave him an opportunity to repent. It's just like this, Jesse. I even say, not to change the topic, but the death penalty is an opportunity for someone to repent before they meet God. Yes. And so that's mercy, okay? I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying that, but I really believe not only does it deter people from committing those heinous crimes, but it also gives them an opportunity to repent. Yes. Terry, what, what this lay Catholic did, and God bless him, he, he invoked Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. The Bible says, uh, have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's exactly That's what, he, what he was doing. He was following St. Paul's exhortation. And once again, uh, Carl Mahoney is a, bre- uh, a baptized Catholic. He's a brother in Christ. Yep. We will his salvation, but we will his repentance because he has a lot to repent of. And I think uh, this young man that did that did this project, he said, I wanted to do it so that he could start off his Lent properly 
and make it make a, a, a general confession of his sins and uh, and really get right with God because he's an old man, Terry. He's in his 80s. I mean, this might be the most mercifulest thing he could do, yeah. mercy, mercy thing, for giving him the opportunity to repent. And I agree with that. Wow. God bless let's, that. Let's man. move on, Terry, to Bishop David O'Connell, your, a okay. friend of yours yeah. and a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Terry, let's talk about that yeah. because there's some things that. That uh, let's just talk. He, he, the video says a lot about the campaign for human development, which we've been con- against for forty years. We've been talking about the evils of that, and there's some other things that he's been pro-choice on, uh, pro for women ordination. These things that are, are sad to say, but you're going to hear it, and we got the facts. But here's my big point: Saint the Pope, if the leadership of the church is strong then the bishops are going to follow. And I think that guys like Bishop O'Connell and others who have these liberal teachings, Jess, will look at the Pope and say, well, the Pope doesn't seem to be opposed to him, so maybe I can do this. And it's like I use the analogy of a teacher. you got the principal setting the stage for the whole school. You follow the principal. Well, people are following the Pope right now on a lot of immoral things because the Pope isn't speaking clearly on them. And, um, you know, God have mercy on Bishop O'Connell, who's now had met his met his uh, judgment, and I want to ask people to pray for him because I know he had some a good heart, but I think yeah. he was dead wrong on certain things. So let's play the the video that we have, Jess. Yes, Mr. Engineer. Oh, he can't play it, Jess. So why don't you okay. summarize? Yeah, not a problem. Uh, so all of us are are men that are again we're growing in in the knowledge. Of our faith and holiness, right, virtue. We're, we're, we're all we're all Romans chapter seven men. Oh, there you Saint go. Paul, Saint Paul talks about every one of us. Our spirit is at war with our flesh. Mm-hmm. Bishop O'Connell, rest in peace. He was no different. That's right. Okay? He was a friend of mine. I prayed yesterday at mass. Today, yesterday's rosary. Today's rosary was offered for him. My Good. communion was offered for him. And the next seven days, I'll, I'm going to pray the rosary for him and offer my holy communion for him. So, having said that. Uh, he was a man of goodwill, but he, he was a, theologically he was wrong, Terry, in some areas. Of course. Then I'm gonna then I'm gonna talk about some of the great things that he did. Yep. Theologically, he was on the left. He was involved with CCHD. He was the head of CCHD, which is a it's, it's this is a a Marxist organization. He supported women's ordination. He supported uh, same sex par- parents adopting children. He said that clergy should be able to get married. Yeah. And he also, regarding the clerical sex abuse issue, he said, quote, if there had been some parents in there running things, none of this would have happened, close quote. Hmm. So those are some of the things that, again, some of the the, the things that he was wrestling with, with modernism. Sure. But some of the good things about him that most people don't know about is that he prayed in front of abortion clinics as a bishop. Very few bishops do that. Trust me. I know people that pray with him in front of abortion clinics when he was alive. Also, like total consecration. He, yeah, he was involved in exorcism. Oh yeah, he's personally. Yeah, that did takes hear, a lot of. Gut. Did you hear what I just said? That's important, Jesse. Personally, instead of doing what a bishop generally does, they get a case and it's certified. Uh, psychiatrists, psychologists have signed off on it. They're saying, yeah, this guy has no mental illness. There's something very deeply spiritually afflicting him. They'll take it to the bishop. The bishop will farm it out to a Catholic priest, give him the mandate to do the exorcisms. Well, guess what? The last few years, Bishop O'Connell, he was saying, yep. I'm going to do these myself. Wow. And and he was inspired by watching Father Ripperger on YouTube because of Terry's conference. Terry recorded Father Ripperger, put it on YouTube and on social media. And uh, Bishop O'Connell was watching and learning. 
And this gave him this gave him the impetus to actually contact Father Ripperger and Kyle Clement. And they were teaching him. They actually trained him in the proper procedures, how to do an exorcism correctly. And he was following the protocol, Terry. So that's another thing that most bishops don't do. This is something else, something great about this bishop. And also, finally, the last yeah. thing is Terry Barber took him on one of the highest mountains overlooking Los Angeles. And he blessed and consecrated Los Angeles County, which remember, this is the satanic capital of the country because of Hollywood and West Hollywood and the media. And it's also the porn capital of the country. He stood over with the Blessed Sacrament in a monstrance, dressed with a humeral veil. He spent, I don't know, about 30 minutes or longer yeah, in preaching. beautiful, yeah. beautiful liturgical and heartfelt prayer over Los Angeles. I've never seen a bishop do that. And so all I could say is he may have had some, some areas uh, of imperfections yeah. within, his, within his personality in terms of theology. And again, a lot of this I just blame on, on the leader of our church. He was simply following Pope Francis's lead, Terry. But there were some, some outstanding things about yeah. this bishop that I just pointed out. And one more thing you didn't add is our friend Angelo, who set up the total consecration. Oh, that's right. Tell him about that, Jesse, because I was involved with that too. Yeah, Angelo, uh, a friend of ours, he, was, he wanted to consecrate Los Angeles mm-hmm to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and he was having a hard time finding a bishop that would, that would just do the consecration there. They wanted nothing to do with it because they saw a bunch of good, solid, Orthodox Catholics, and I just don't think they wanted to, to be aligned with them. Yeah. Well, Bishop O'Connell stepped out from amongst the crowd, and he did the consecration yep. for, for uh, Angelo, our friend, yep. with, a bu- with hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of, of great yep. Orthodox Catholics from oh, yeah. the Archdiocese of Los Angeles which is something that none of the bishops wanted to touch with a 10-foot pole, Terry. Yeah, I was there. I was one of the speakers at that event. And I got to tell you, um, you know, he did step up to the plate when, when the needs of the church are there. And, and you know, yes, I, he would pray with people. I saw him praying with people just outside our chapel, blessing them, praying over them. Uh, you know, in other words, he took his bishopry very seriously. You talk about exorcisms. Wow. This is, I wish every bishop would take that you know, serious, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I also saw at one of the one of the early spiritual warfare conferences that you oh, had. Oh, yeah, St. Christopher. It was at St. Christopher. Uh, there was a lady who was possessed. That's she right. came, she came from she came from um, Utah. Utah. Yeah, and and uh, she's she was being treated out there for demonic possession. Yeah, she came to the conference because she just wanted to kind of learn more about spiritual warfare, yep. and uh, it was the church was packed as you recall. Bishop Bishop O'Connell was there. She was in the back. This lady from Idaho. And all of a sudden, uh, the demon was triggered, obviously, by the holiness oh, of, of the church, amazing. the blessed sacrament, the priest. And the demon triggered her, and she started diabolically manifesting. And she started, I mean, it, the whole church turned around, and they could see her screaming and wailing. And we could see her body uh, just, it was like electrified. Yeah. Bishop O'Connell ran back there, took her outside the church. I kind of followed him. And he's laying hands on her in the parking lot, Terry, Incredible. and driving out the demon. I have never seen a bishop <laughs> do that in my life. Yeah, we were impressed. And then I'll just be honest with you, folks. I'm mean, being brutally honest. But you don't say things like that's the truth. I, I invited Bishop O'Connell to last year's spiritual warfare conference. He says, no, the boss doesn't want me to go there. His archbishop, Cardinal, or Archbishop uh, Gomez, didn't want him to go. This year, I had told him, I know you're not coming, but I'm sending you the uh, conference talks again so obviously i can't now that he's dead but the point of it is 
This is the kind of man he was regarding the salvation of souls. And again, I use the analogy of a teacher with a principal. When the principal of the school says, this is what you march to, the teachers get in line and march. And unfortunately, in the church today, unless you're a Bishop Strickland or a handful of others, you, go, you just go right along with the vigor of Christ, of Pope Francis, things like, oh, never, for, never uh, always absolve someone who goes to confession, even though they don't repent. No, you can't do that. But I understand why you do it, because the Pope tells you to do it. But you know what? There's a higher law. The Pope is the vigor of Christ, not the superior of Christ. Just yeah. when we come back... We're going to talk about Lent. Why we should go to confession this Lent. Sign me up. Stay with us, Terry. Stay with us, Jesse. We're going to be back with you and much more on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Go for it, Jesse. I'm up and down all the time. <laughs> Terry and me are full gospel, Bible-believing, <laughs> born again through baptism, spirit-filled through the sacraments, evangelical, orthodox, Catholic <laughs> Christians. We are washed and empowered by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And what we say is devil-destroying theology, Terry. <laughs> Amen. And just this topic, why you should go to confession this Lent, let's be honest. Lent is a time of the year when God obliges us to prepare our hearts and purify our souls so that we are ready to receive our Lord in his glorious coming at Easter. There's no time to delay. This is urgent. The Bible says, behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of your salvation. That's 2 Corinthians. So during this season, every day, we should try to make a good examination of conscience. And I thought Father Bill did a great job asking ourselves some questions, Jess. What are those questions he's asking? Here's a couple of questions Father Bill Casey says mm-hmm. we should ask as we go to yeah. confession this Lent. Yeah. First bullet, is there something I can do to get closer to God? Oh, what a great question. Second bullet, is there something I can do to know God better and to love yeah. him more? Mm-hmm. Third bullet, is there some way I can increase my desire for prayer? Fourth bullet, <laughs> is there some way I can rekindle that fire of divine love that might have gone out in my life? Next bullet. Is there some way I can get rid of myself? I can rid myself of the spiritual mediocrity, lukewarmness, the spiritual indifference that I find myself in so much of the time. Next bullet. Is there something I can give up? Next bullet. Is there something in my life right now that is not pleasing to Almighty God? Next bullet. Is there something that I am holding on to, some sin that I'm holding on to? Next bullet. Is there some habitual sin that is separating my heart from God's loving grace? Next bullet. Is there something I need to confess? Final bullet. Am I crucifying our Lord all over again by living in my sins? This is an examination daily to make, not just before you go to confession, because this will resolve you to stay away from sin. In other words, the temptations that come, just let's be honest, especially with us men, you know, you drive down the freeway, you see all kinds of, of immodest things that are tempting you. Come on. Yeah, yeah exactly. They are titillating. Work? Yeah. Yeah, Terry, because men are, that's the way We're God visual. made men. Men are visual. Men, women are emotional. Women, uh, they, 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 their imagination starts racing when they read things. And Jesse, I love this little prayer. He says, let, yeah. Lord, let there be less of me, Terry, and more of you. 
Let me say no to my will and yes to yours. God, give me the grace of love you more today than yesterday and more tomorrow than today. That little prayer, I'm going to memorize that prayer. I really like that prayer, Jess. Well, that, that's, that's the whole Christian life. The whole Christian life is this, yeah. is that we're supposed to, we're not only called to holiness, but we're also told, called to grow in holiness. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12. And that's exactly what Father Casey just said there. The Christian life is not stagnant. You're no. not meant to just be a neutral and park it. No, if you're not moving forward in the spiritual life, you're moving backwards. The Fatima Seer Hasinta spoke this challenging truth. Yeah. Quote, if men only knew what eternity is, how they would make all possible efforts to amend their lives. That statement quote, is so powerful, Jesse. Yeah, because with this in mind, let's yeah. explore the special grace God gives us in the sacrament of confession to help us on that journey of sanctification. The first thing that we have to do is be watchful. Amen. Our Lord warned us throughout the gospel to be watchful. In other words, we must be on our guard, and that means keeping our souls in a state of grace. Exactly. Because we can never know the day or the hour when he will come. And to help us do that, Almighty God has given us the great gift of his mercy in the sacrament of penance. It has become painfully obvious, Father uh, Father Bright, Casey, Casey yeah from both my personal pastoral experience and from polling data that the vast majority of Catholics in our country gave up the practice of sacramental confession long ago. Yep. This is truly a tragedy. First of all, the sacrament of penance is the ordinary means for the forgiveness of mortal sins committed after baptism. But it's also a veritable treasure of graces and spiritual strength for us in our daily struggle against sin and temptation. Jesse, this quote from Pope Pius XII says it all. He said many times, the great sin of our age, in fact, is the denial of sin. Mm. You know, I wish I'd tell that to cardinal, some cardinals that are meeting in Rome right now. Denial of sin has become a dirty word mm. that we don't want to mention anymore, even from the pulpit. Yes, doesn't it strike you as odd that more sin there is in the world and less Catholics, clergy, theologians, and lay people seem to say about it. This is theologically insanity, Bishop, Father Bill Casey says. Worse, he says, is spiritual suicide. See, Jesse, that's what I see coming out of that Senate. It's spiritual suicide. There's only one thing that can separate us from God, and we've said it at the end of every show. It's mortal sin. Yep. To conceal the reality of sin is quite simply to play the devil's game. It is to fall into the devil's trap. Continue, Jess. I'm reminded of the words of St. Paul in 2 Timothy 4.3. He says, mm -hmm. for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. That time is now. Exactly. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own likings. Close quote, like Father James Martin. Exactly. Bible, and Cardinal Hollerich and others. Yep. That day's not here, Terry. Most people today see enjoyment of this life as being more important than eternity. Yeah. We don't want to hear the truth because the truth makes us feel uncomfortable and because the truth sometimes demands that we change our lives, our minds, and our hearts towards God and towards others. So what do we need? Biblical repentance. Amen, brother. When Jesus called the 12 apostles and began to send them out to preach, he gave them authority and power to cure the sick, yep. raise the dead, mm -hmm. give sight to the blind, and the power to cast out demons and make cripples walk. The power, that is, to bring healing to every kind of human suffering. But the gospel also tells us that despite that awesome authority, the most important mission that Christ gave the apostles 
was to preach the need for repentance. Can I just Re- interrupt, Jesse? Would you say it one more time? Because our church needs to hear that word, repentance. Where is it gone? Keep going. Repentance is one of the most important and most and one of the most frequently used words in all of sacred scripture. Exactly. In fact, in Mark 4, 17, Jesus first began his public ministry when he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Excuse me, Matthew 4, 17 Matthew, yeah. and Mark 1, 15. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And our Lord told the apostles that in any place where people refuse to hear that word and act on it, that they were to leave that place and to shake the dust from their feet as a testimony against those people in Matthew 10, 14. Every messenger sent by God in both the Old and New Testaments was sent to preach a message of repentance. No one can be a disciple of Christ or even claim the name of Christian unless that person is willing to repent. And the word repent, by the way, metanoia, it means in Greek, when you break down those two Greek words, metanoia, it means to change your mind. I wish change of, your mind. Amen. I wish some of the re- leaders of our church from the top to bottom would hear, would hear Father Bill Casey because what is repentance? What exactly are we talking about when we speak about repentance? He says, first and most simply is to repent means to recognize the reality of personal sin in your life and turn away from it. It means putting sin out of your life, changing your life according to God's will, even when God's will doesn't conform to your opinions. Father James Martin and others who want to say the Bible is wrong, you're wrong. The Bible is right. in, is, is, has inerrancy. There's no error in that. Now, secondly, to repent means to seek the loving mercy of God with a spirit of true condi- contrition. Now, remember, contrition is essential for forgiveness. Contrition is more than just sorrow for sin. There are three elements to true contrition. Sorrow for your sins you've committed, hatred for those sins and all sins, and a firm purpose of amendment, which means that you intend to try with the help of God's grace not to commit the same sins in the future. That's the perennial teaching of the church, Jess. Yep, and the third thing that we want to point out is to repent means to accept God's word and God's law and to make it your way of life. Oh, boy. It means putting faith into action. Man. We're saved by faith through work, working through love, as the Bible says. Yep. Faith working through love. Salvation is not by faith alone. Luther was wrong, and the Protestants that hold that position are wrong as well. It never was taught. The Apostle James wrote himself in James 2.17, quote, Faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead, close quote. Our faith must be a living faith. It can't be inactive or moribund, dead, that won't cut it with God. Amen. And finally, to repent means to do penance. Whether we realize it or not, even our most hidden sins in some mysterious way disturb the entire order of God's creation. Absolutely. This is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. They cause a diminishing of grace in the mystical body of Christ. God expects us to make reparation for the harm caused by our sins against Him and against our neighbors. None of us will ever see the vision of God in heaven unless we are humble enough to know and to admit that we are sinners in need of God's mercy. There are no exceptions. We should never be ashamed or afraid to admit that because the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
Romans 3.23. Not only is this article important for us to meditate on, but I think the leaders of our church. Jess, we just have another minute or two, but continue. The sacrament of penance. Yeah, I want to just get right right into the the, the, the bottom line. Interior transformation. Yeah. You see, Jesus left us a sacrament because he knew full well what sin and guilt can do to the human soul. Yep. They can tear the human soul apart, separate it from God. They can drive a person to despair. God knows we need to have some way to be free of sin and guilt because they can rob us of our inner peace and joy that should be ours as Christian believers. The peace and joy that come with having a clear conscience before God. The human spirit needs to be at peace with God. We need to be at peace with ourselves. We need to know for sure that God has forgiven us. We need to be able to experience God's merciful love as it touches our lives. There will be times in our lives, we know full well, when we all need to make a new start again spiritually, when we will need to wipe that slate clean and start over again. When we, can, when we do this, we will need to be strengthened by God's grace to avoid the same sins in the future. This is how the sacrament of confession helps to transform us interiorly. Wow, and we don't have time, but confession leads to holiness. Do me a favor, Terry, Jesse, everyone listening, get the confession for Lent. It's good for the soul. Jess, when we come back, we've got our good friends from Church Militant giving us an update on what's going on. Anchor Nick Wiley. Nick Wiley will be with us today. And we'll be getting that when we come back. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Yes, we're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. We'll be back with more. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back to Terry and Jesse show. We got our good friends from Church Militant. Yep. Uh, we got Nick Wiley. He's here to talk to us about the issues of the day, update on church politics and the culture wars. Nick, happy to have you on. What's going on, brother? Oh, doing very well, Terry and Jesse. This is the probably my favorite part of the year. You know, time we get to really unite ourselves even closer to the cross of Jesus, to be in the desert with him. Amen. I love it. I hope you guys are having a blessed Lent so far. Nick, we are, brother. Yeah. And I got to say, baby, out in, in uh, Detroit, Michigan, where you guys are headquartered, you guys giving ashes out, you guys must have stronger ashes than out here in the West <laughs> yeah, Coast yeah. because our ash is already gone from this morning. Yours looked like, man, it was like painted on. It yeah, yeah. Nick, Nick looks like he's got a tattoo on his yeah, forehead. exactly. I love it, Nick. <laughs> I don't know. I might just keep it on, see how long it lasts. I might just have to like just leave it on. There and you see go. Not wash the forehead. Hey, man, brother. Tell us about what's going on uh, at Church Militant for the news for tonight. We, we're always te- Give us a teaser. A teaser. Yeah, so one of the stories that I did myself, I good. interviewed um, uh, Frank Panico yesterday, Jesse's good friend, who he yeah. just adopted with i interviewed him about the new uh about the new unabashed documentary and we're gonna have a story airing about that tonight good yeah terry frank panico is a he's a man that lived a homosexual lifestyle for like a long time 20 25 years in hollywood um and he's come a full circle he's a holy catholic man and lives out in florida and he's uh he's a spokesman now for chastity good and uh, and for the catholic faith excellent we need more of those 
Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a it was a pleasure to get to talk to him. So we're gonna have that story. We're gonna have the full interview airing probably next week. But yeah, it was it was a great it was a great story. I really appreciated all your parts too, Jesse, about how just you breaking down really the theology of sin and just talking about how everyone has these different demons, these different uh, attractions to sin that they struggle with, and we're all called to overcome them, no matter what they are. But then also bringing in the concrete of Frank's life and really going through. Just the, the the mess that he was in, and how how Jesus saved him from that. So that, that was a great presentation. Yeah, I think it was. And you know what? Uh, it's just going to be inspirational because a lot of people say, "I'm born this way. I can't get out of this." Frank Panico and many other people are proof positive that nobody's born that way. It's 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 a uh, it's an act of the will. Uh, you know, it's it's behavior that's taught as a result of our secular, godless culture. But uh, the Lord Jesus Christ can liberate and set anybody free. And Frank Panico is proof positive. He's exhibit A of the power of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. What's up yeah. next, Nick? Yeah, so we have out in Massachusetts yeah. this yeah. guy, this uh, the superintendent of a public school who is reaffirming, doubling down on this very homosexual book that middle schoolers and high schoolers, it's in their, it's in their libraries. What? It's called it's called This Book Is Gay. That's, that's literally the title. title of it. Oh. That, that, that is the title, and it teaches kids— Middle schoolers and high schoolers, how to hook up, how to have orgies, oh, how to no. how to gay acts, how to use how to use the sex apps that they use, and oh. I, I want I want to read I want to read just one one of the parts of the book. Be careful. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab a less graphic yeah, part. Yeah, thank you. Because this sounds some of terrible. It's really graphic. So it says, you know, if you are on Grinder under the age of 18. It happens. Be aware that swapping adult pics is actually illegal. You are distributing child pornography, even if it's of yourself. And so, so literally telling these kids, you know what? You know, if you're on Grinder, you're not supposed to be. But if you if you find yourself on there, you know, don't get these pedophiles in trouble by sending them, you know, pic, picture all these pictures of yourself. And after, you know, the, Fox News asked um, the superintendent about the book. He was like, so why are you, why are you bringing it back? And he responded after reading the book in its entirety and understanding it in full context, mm. I decided to put it back in the library. Ah, horrible. He, wow. He, he claims to know everything that is in this book. And yet he is still like, yes, that's, um, I want it there. So that's telling you the kind of people that are running our schools, especially the public schools these days. Yeah, you can't send yeah, you, your kids and your kids. Yeah. Nope. No. I'll tell no, you, not, uh, uh, there's a few governors that are going to be fighting. I, I know Huckabee will be fighting. Christy Nome will be fighting Florida. that interstate. And Florida is at, DeSantis is at war with, the, at war with this with uh, ideology in his school system. Yep. system. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, the people that we have uh, let in charge of our kids, it, it is it is absolutely insane. That is something that every parent just has, has the duty to do. If you're going to send your kids anywhere for anything to really, it's unfortunate. You have to thoroughly vet everyone that has this, this contact with them and has power over them, especially when you're not going to be around. It's, it's, it's very scary. Nick, I'm seeing more women, more what we call mama bears, stepping up to the school meetings and saying, not on my watch. So I think yeah. by you exposing this will give more inspiration for more people to stand up to this smut. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about that a few different times. And the, the crazy thing is with this superintendent, there was public outcry at school meetings. Good. The, the, parents are, the parents are mad about this. And he's still just like, yep, we're going to do it. Yeah, well, we got to fight back. Push back. Yeah, and, and what, one of the, the good signs is, is, once again, that we're 
we're talking about this. We're pushing back. People are getting involved in their local school boards. And you're getting good people that are running now, good patriots, conservatives, people of faith that are running for these school boards because this this is what COVID exposed when they locked the schools down and they started teaching people via via Zoom or via, you know, through the Internet. A lot of parents started saying, what are you teaching my kids? That's how... So they expose themselves with their pandemic, scandemic. They expose themselves what they've been teaching our kids for probably decades. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it, it did not start just now. Unfortunately, they, they have been they have been doing it for a long time. And it might be in different ways. It might be pushing it way harder now. But it's been for a very long time. Looking back at looking back in school myself, I mean, I can I can see little bitty ways, not not full out ways like now, but I could see little ways where they were putting planting little seeds in people's minds. Wow. Wow. Nick, what's the third topic, brother? Yeah, so they have Jean-Baptiste de Fransou. He's the president of the Institute for Works of Religion, which is a Vatican City bank. He's been he's had that position since 2014. He went before the Vatican courts last week and testified before judges about his experience with, um, you know, the, the scandal that's going on there with the Vatican banks. They've been at trial since 2021, but in 2019, he's actually the one who kind of blew the whistle. By so senior officials in the Vatican brought him a loan that they wanted approved for the famous London building. Yes, and he he was like, no, this is this is this. There's very sketchy things here. So he flagged the process, even though the senior Vatican officials were offering him quote protection wow. for pushing wow. That's through. That's big. That's big. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he's actually exposing this. They all, they offered him this protection for pushing it through the, the building that the Vatican sold last year for a $100 million loss, well, Euro loss. But yeah. Yeah. he's um, he's going before that talking about the corruptness of it because there's 10 guys on trial right now in, in that case. This was the 46th hearing of it. Hopefully, you know, things come to a head. But, I mean, it was all just a money laundering scandal as, you know, a lot of things in the Vatican banks are. But at least we have this one good banker, it seems, who is um, exposing at least some of it. Wow, that's, wow, that's incredible. Well, you, know, you know, Cardinal you, Pell, rest in I peace. He was, was thinking, Cardinal Pell. He was trying to expose the corruption Here's of the Vatican the Bank, and that's why that, that's why they trumped up charges against him and had to put him in jail for a while. But thanks be to God, you know, he, he was vindicated, and now the Lord called him home. But uh, I, I've read that the Vatican Bank has been a problem since Pope Paul VI. Yep. I, 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 I try, yeah. My read of history, it's, it's been, they've been having financial corruption since the 60s, since the reign of Pope Paul VI. Follow the money. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is, that's very, it's very true. It is, uh, it's one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of us don't advocate for giving just money to these oh, men. They're, I agree gonna with keep, you. Yeah, they're going to keep doing these things. You you are called, though, on the, on the flip side, you are called as a precept of the church to provide for the church, but you can do that in different ways. Amen. If, so, if you know there are things around your parish that need fixing, fix pay it. directly to have it fixed. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, do all these things. Don't just flat out give them your cash because you see what they're spending it on. You see that they're just laundering it everywhere. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, right, I agree. right. Yeah. Nick, yeah. that's exciting. What time can people see this again for today? For today? 
Yeah, so it'll it'll go on at 5 o'clock. You'll be able to see the first half of it always gets posted on YouTube. That'll be things that won't get censored. Mm -hmm. But then you have to go to our site to watch the second half, which is normally things that, you know, you can't say on YouTube without getting flagged because, yeah. you know, we live in a we live in a very strange world where you can't act, you can't actually expose the truth without um, having things happen to you <laughs> and get kicked off the Internet. Exactly. Nick, thanks for joining us every Wednesday here on the Terry and Jesse show. And I want to publicly thank Church Militant for playing our Bishop Strickland show on your website and getting our exposure for that, because we need more bishops like Bishop Strickland to speak out for the truths of the faith. And thanks for partnering with us on that. Oh, absolutely. We, we're, uh, it's a pleasure. To, it's a pleasure to have it. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and to Bishop Strickland, two guys who are definitely advocating for the truth, that um, that are that are doing what we're called to do in the first place. Because many people, you know, like like uh, the documentary, they'll go back to again. No. I want to promote that more with the with the unabashed. It's one of the one of the points in the movie is yeah. that you know there are people who are not saying these things that you know we are our brother's keeper in a lot of ways and you have to preach these people the truth or like the verse in Ezekiel you know if you don't dissuade the blind if you don't dissuade the man from his evil actions he's going to die and you're going to be held accountable for it that's a powerful Amen. verse yeah hey nick by the way uh your your ashes are too light you need to they need to you need yeah to right you need to make it a little darker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I go back a second round. I got to I gotta go back to uh, mass tonight and get a second round. There huh? you go. There you there go, because they're too light for me. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, keep it up. And, you know, I want to yeah. recommend something else on Church Militant. All the classes that you guys that have, you resources, resources that you have. Tell us a little bit about that, Nick. Nick. Yeah, there are just hundreds, thousands of hours of different things. A lot of people, you know, nowadays they see, oh, they're just you know focusing on news, focusing on you know gay clergy, all those different things. Those are the realities of now and things that we are focusing on because no, most nobody else will. Right. But they're they're continue. We continue to come out with shows that are great in terms of teaching theology, teaching the history of the church as well. A lot of those are our premium content and all. But um, yeah, just hundreds of hours. Great shows that we've dedicated a lot of time to that you can learn all about the faith, the history of the church, everything you could possibly want to learn. It's there. You just have to, you know, search for it a little bit. And what's amazing, Nick, is that it's $10 a month. Give me a break. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's like a, almost a, a, a dozen of eggs now. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Great joint. All right, Nick. Hey, thanks right, again Nick. for joining us, brother. Yeah. brother. All right. God bless Terry and Jesse. Thank you so much. All right, All right brother. God bless. God bless. Wow, Jess. Every time I hear those guys, I love seeing the young men that are there at yes, First Militant because yes. we're fading. They're coming in. They're That's right. Take over. We're running third base, and he's just getting to first base. You got it, partner. Jess, what state should we be living in, brother? Let's live in a state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Get holy or die trying. Remember this. The St. Father Pio says, pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear your prayer. Amen. And don't forget, Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Please pray and make reparation for sinners so that you can participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ. Up next, the Bishop Strickland Hour. No, wait a minute. That was it. Oh, no. That was yesterday. Up next, what? Is, oh, Matthew Arnold's show is up next. It's Wednesday. Stay with us on the VMPR.org. May God richly bless you and your family.